eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Take the Man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here, Logan Paulson there. We are together at Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor, each and every Commander's game day. Come hang out with us three hours prior to kick. I guess you can hang out in person two hours prior, but the show starts at 10 a.m. Sunday, Tap Sports Bar. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. You can listen on the free Odyssey app or, of course, on your radio on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980, the Take Command pregame show. All right, to the offense, Logan. I almost want to just do this in halves. Um, that's at least from a production standpoint was ha- is how we should divide this up. It's yeah, like, what sure happened in the first sure. half? Good. What happened in the second half? Bad. Before we dive into that, though, is that like is the process reflective of that? Is there a good process in the first half, bad process in the second half? Or did Atlanta just start playing better? Like, What changed half to half before we dive into the details of, of how it went down? Yeah, I mean, I do think I'd have to go back and I wish I would have done this before the show started. I, I watched the game. So what I do the way I'm, when I'm breaking down the game so fans, so is I watch literally every play and I make notes on every single play. Right. And as you, you watch know, all the offense in a row. It's not like you go offense, defense, offense, yes. defense. Like it does in a real game. In you row. watch all the offense in a row. All the offense in a row, all the defense in a row. And it's funny because you're looking at plays right you're looking at like why a single play didn't work and sometimes you forget to look at themes for the game but high level what i would say and i have to go back and double check this so don't quote me on it is i felt like in the second half um one a i thought there was a little bit of a conservative tone to eb's play calling in the sense that we were running the ball a lot on first down and it kind of set us up in certain situations that weren't the most advantageous but i also think and again, that's not a criticism because I do think we want to run the ball more. And I think you're trying to run the ball more. You're trying to get that going. Atlanta did a good job kind of shutting that down. Yeah, but especially I would, once you go up 24-10. Like. Right. But I will say I think Atlanta came out and ran a lot more two-man. And it really – there was a couple times where Sam took, I think, two sacks in the second half where you know he's got time, 
but there's nobody open. Like the concept's completely covered. So that's something that I would say they, they made an adjustment at halftime where they were like, let's go two man. Let's make sure that we're, we're blanketing these concepts. And it really made it harder for Sam to throw the football. And in the first half, I thought they did a great job. Atlanta was playing a little bit more softer coverages, softer zones. And I think you see the result of Sam just being able to kind of pick them apart is maybe a strong word, but that's the that's the word that comes to mind. He just felt more comfortable finding throws, finding matchups, and uh, delivering the football. So that would be high level kind of what I think was the biggest difference between the first and second half from a from an Atlanta perspective. Yeah, so if starting on – like. Because it's really not the entire first half. The last drive was uh, like the two-minute drive, right? The two-minute yeah. drive has the two sacks on it, um, and it starts off with a sack, actually. Um, so it's sack, sack, screen. <laughs> there he goes. That they come out in the second half. They get obviously the the quick screenplay to. Uh, they actually did run it on first down, and then they get a screenplay to B Rob, where he just runs through the guy's chest, which I thought was hilarious. Like to watch. To yeah. watch a running back have the choice of going around left, going around right, or running straight through another human being and watching him pick, let me put my helmet down and go straight through this guy's numbers was chef's kiss. Perfect. Yeah, no it was great. Uh, no so notes. you got that. And then from that point on, they actually, like the next drive starts well. The next drive was the Chris Rodriguez drive. Chris, yeah. I thought Chris uh, Rodriguez just came go, out right hard. Yeah. Yeah. They go run, run, run. And then uh things go haywire from there because they get like two big ones first down seven and then 13 and then they run it again a third straight time on first down one yarder now that, you're in second can, we, nine. can we talk about that for one second so first yeah, off great job by chris rodriguez it's so funny i know he doesn't get the ball up but on those two runs i got like shades of marshawn lentz like just like how physical he is his contact balance and i think they probably are pretty fired up about him too so great job by him on those two runs the ver the third run in that series, Atlanta's like, cool, let's put 12 guys in the box. Good luck. And then it's like <laughs> there's unblocked people in the hole. So that's where like it's so hard as a play caller, but you're like, we got to run the ball. We're having where the offensive line's getting confident. We're effective, but you do need to get out of it at some point. You need to kind of just throw something else so that Atlanta can't do that. They can't come up with nine guys in the box, have a free runner to the back in the in the hole. So that's something that I would say is like, yes, good, good. Now they know, they know that you know, or you know that they know are, you're going to run the ball. So what we have that is that is low risk, that gives us a good opportunity, and then we can hit that play and then come back to running the football just to kind of unsettle their focus a little bit so you're not playing nine on seven um, on that third play there. So that was something that I thought like, and it happens every single week in every single game in the NFL. A coordinator gets in a rhythm with something and they like it. And then all of a sudden it just blows up in their face. So that was one where I was like, man, would have loved just something a little bit different there after that long explosive run. But, um, you know, things happen. And of course, uh, then you get a little baby play action. Sam runs for a yard because uh, nothing. That's right. Can't find yeah. anything. Uh, and then on thirty eight, he takes a sack. Yeah. Uh, and then and on that the next sack, track, that sack yeah. specifically, they are in like full two man mode. There's nowhere to go with the ball. And that's where fans are like, well, if there's nowhere to go from the ball, like how does he not take a sack? But I think about, you know, Kirk Cousins. I think about guys that I played with who were excellent at this. Either they're throwing guys open 
or they're throwing the ball away and they're they're not taking sacks. They're not leveraging the O-line that way. And I think um, also I think the concept, you mentioned this briefly, like finding, making sure the checkdowns are getting out, that's got to be a bigger point of emphasis versus this type of coverage structure because um, there were times where the back's not quite out in the route yet. Um, and, you know, that's one of the disadvantages of having a bunch of chip help is you lose that eligible, you use that ability to mm-hmm. kind of spread the defense and get that opportunity to check the football down. But um, that was that was a that was a one where I was like, man, there's not a lot of room here for him to throw this football. So, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, um, I want to circle back to that in a second. So let's put a pin in that and come yep. back to it. Just to finish the play calling, like sequencing thought. Uh, so now we're at the beginning of the fourth quarter uh, after Atlanta goes on the 12 play, 81 yard drive. Uh, they come out, they get a, the quick uh, short cross or a shallow Go, cross bro. to Terry. He gets breaks a tackle, is is pushed out of bounds uh, after an 18 yard gain. And then it's Robinson left three yards. Robinson right, no gain, incomplete off the field. Next, yeah, and that's another next, two, man, uh, two man. Yeah. Great coverage is my note there. So. They try a deep shot on first down off a heavy formation. Trent Scott actually in the game there uh, as an eligible. They, they try incomplete uh, deep left, and then they come right back, run it. Now you're in third and 10, Howell sacked. Last drive of the game that they on have. That one, on that one also, two men, nowhere to go with the ball. Like that, I'm not, yeah. I'm not kidding. Like that, to me, that's maybe the biggest difference is like on all of these drives, I didn't even realize it, but now we're going through it. All of them end in a two-man situation and there's very tight windows for Sam to throw the football so yeah and then they they try to run the ball again and it doesn't go very far and they're in bad down a distance situations and i think that that to me is like one of the common themes that i've started to notice over the last couple of weeks on these sacks he's not taking a lot of sacks on like first and 10 he's taking no. sacks in obvious passing situations and at that point i do wonder about some of the play calls at times where it's like, are you trying to get it all at once? Especially when it's like second and long. Third and long is a little bit of a different story. Are you trying to get it all at once? Are you trying to get it all through the air? Like, are you trying to get everything with air yards versus trying to get someone loose? Like, you just got 18 yards on a shallow cross. Like, let's get Terry the ball quickly and see what he can do. Um, Are you leveraging the proper chip help? But you go back and watch the individual plays, like we did a couple of these sacks, and you're just like, holy crap, Sam, what are you looking at, man? Yeah, like you have guys open where there's uh, in the first half, one of the sacks, like Terry's pr- like he's looking for a big play down the field. Um, Curtis Samuel is lined up in the backfield. He tries to get out. If you if you play Madden, red zone scissors is probably the closest concept uh, that you'll get <laughs> to this um, where it, they run the guy out of the backfield and try to uh, run him to the corner as Jahan has a post and. Curtis gets hit twice before he's two yards past the line of scrimmage and the timing's way off, but Terry's open on a, you know, me, I don't know if it's a shallow cross. It's kind of more like eight to 10. uh, I mean, just on the concept, but yeah. Yeah. So it's on a crossing route and Terry's open and I don't know why uh, Sam doesn't throw it. Um, Another one later that we looked at, he's got uh, a dig route that's wide open in timing and he's looking right at it. And you're like, dude, 
throw it. That. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's the kind of thing where I think as a coordinator, you're looking at the film and you're going, I love my play call. Like, On dude's wide ones, open. Yeah. My quarterback's just got to throw it. But if it keeps happening, I think at some point you have to go back and ask yourself, like, okay, does he not see some of these concepts well? What can I do to make it easier? Do I need to, you know, when I give him the play call in his ear, be like, hey, man, throw the dig. Like, what, whatever it is. And we obviously <laughs> don't know that communication. And we don't know what Sam likes, what EB likes to give, like all those kinds of things. But you start to ask yourself as a coach, if the same thing keeps happening, what can I do differently? Because even if it's open, we're not executing. And at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, I, you, you made me think of something when you were talking about, like, we get in all these third and long situations. If you look at the, their effective drives, so the first drive of the game, their first third down is third and nine. And it's a completion to uh, Curtis on a swirl route, so like a corner back to a comeback type deal. And it's a, yep. it's a tough throw, high difficulty level. The next third down is third and nine. He rolls out of the pocket, Sam does, and throws a ball to 17. Great play, vacates a clean pocket, but that's a conversation for another day, right? The next drive is a, is a six play, six and out, and then the punt return happens, and they have the you know the, the flip pass, all that stuff, and then they kind of get in this weird sequence where it's not like where they're – so I guess my point is is they, they converted third and long on the first drive for points, and then when they had to convert third and long in the second half, they couldn't do it. So, you know, this is this is all coming to my brain on the moment, in the moment. But Kyle used to say something which I thought was really interesting. He was like, he was like, I don't care about third down efficiency. And I was like, Kyle, what are you talking about? Come on. Everyone cares about third down efficiency. That's like the most important stat in offensive football. And he goes, I care about first and second down efficiency. Because then I'm not in third down, or I'm in a manageable third down, and then my efficiency goes through the roof. And I was like, Pfft. and I know that's pretty obvious, like to people who aren't in like in a locker room. But you spend, and I'm talking like this is every team I was with: the Bears, Houston, Atlanta, not San Francisco, obviously. When I was here with Jay and Sean, you spend so much time talking about third down efficiency. We got to be efficient on third down. We got to be efficient on third down. We got to be, and that's like. Every day you wake up, it's like someone's hitting you in the face with that. But for someone to be like, no, we got to be more efficient on first down. We got to make this run that we've been repping all week get us to five yards, second and five, and then we can get you know the next play we like, and we're never in third down or we're in always third and short. Like that's something that with this in this game specifically, think about it. If they're a little bit more efficient on first down throughout the game, I don't think we're even talking about offensive kind of inefficiency in the second half of this game. It's when you get in these third and long situations where it's like high leverage and they've been great. If, I think if you look at their statistics, they've been great in third and long, you know, from a from a completion percentage standpoint, from a production standpoint, obviously they're taking a lot of sacks too, which is going to bring that metric down. But I think that's something in this game specifically, first and second down, like could we have been better? And I would say probably yes. Like it, just when you were going through that sequence, it's like run, three-yard gain, run again, third and seven. Don't want to be in third and seven. We need to. We need something to make us more efficient there. And I think that's what you saw in the Philly game was a much more efficient first and second down game plan that led to better production on third down. So this one to bring that up quickly. Cool.